Hi and welcome to And If Love Remains. I am your host, Mike Lovett, and I got a couple of special guests here in studio. Very excited to have Mr. Daryl Johnson. Welcome to the show, Daryl. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. My pleasure. It'd be great. I've also got a, a friend of mine, Jim, a mutual friend, actually. He's the one that put me in touch with, with Daryl. Jim Chansu, welcome. Thank you. And uh, his son, Jimmy. You can you can wave. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks you guys for coming in, Daryl. I, I um, I've been kind of following you a little bit on on Facebook and and um, YouTube and such. Um, and uh, you got some interesting ideas. You've got some some interesting takes on exercise, on um, health in general. Um, and I just wanted to kind of get to get to know you a little bit and, and have my audience learn about you. Maybe uh, talk about some of the things that, that you're doing right now. So yeah. um, t- tell me a little about yourself. Where are you from? Well, originally I was, was born in San Diego. My father was in the Navy. And uh, I lived there as a young boy. Then I lived all over the western United States, uh, you know, Idaho and Washington State, Utah, Arizona. That's where I actually met Jim. And then uh, moved back to San Diego, and then I've you know had a few adventures out of state since then. <clears throat> so San, uh, San Diego area is my my hometown, if you will. But that's where I, most of my life has been. Um, but you know, luckily or unluckily, depending on how you look at it, moving a lot gave me a lot of different experiences, and I got to see lots of amazing things and meet amazing people. So um, I don't regret that at all. Okay, right on, right on, and and. Um... You know, uh, were you an athlete um, no. growing up, or I was, I was the the opposite of an athlete. Okay, I was introverted, shy, and overweight, and I was into nerdy things. Ah, yeah. Well, may the fourth be with you. Yes, yes that was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, athlete was about, about as far on the other end of the spectrum as you could ever get from where I was. Okay, all right, and. Uh, um, and so, I mean, that's very interesting. But like, what age did you start start to exercise? Well, let me ask you this. In fact, it's funny. I, I remember, and I, it's it's one of those like silly things that that you that I said that I still think about. <laughs> um, I had a buddy of mine. I mean, I, I I did I played sports in high school. Really enjoyed it. I mean, I've, I've always been kind of a sports guy, and um, I. Uh, um, but I, I've always been one of those guys that had to have a ball in his hand. Like, you know, I don't mind exercise as long as I'm shooting or, you know, throwing or, or you know, competing somehow. And um, my uh, – um, and, and I remember a, a friend of mine got really got into weightlifting. And uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know why, like, it's one of those things that stick in my mind. But I was like, man, I'm just not into, like, just, just like, throwing weight around. I'm just not into, like, just moving heavy objects. And I remember he's like, well, I kind of am. <laughs> you know? So at what point were you like, hey, you know, uh, I mean, was it was it a sport? Like, what, what got no, you into I, it? I can tell you exactly what the catalytic moment was. <clears throat> so I was living um, out here in uh, the beautiful Apache Junction. Um, go prospectors. <laughs> and, uh, I, I had some family from San Diego come and visit us. I was, I, I moved out when I was very young and I'd moved back in with my, with my folks for a, a short time. And during this time I had some family from San Diego come and visit. And, um, we had, you know, of course, little, little disposable cameras that, you know, click, zin, 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 click, you know, those ones. That, and, uh, so they took a bunch of pictures and we, you know, we took them around and showed them the sites of East Valley, um, at that time. Superstition Mountain. Yep, that was it. That was it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, um, 
with, you know, at, they, went the, they went to the, I don't know, photo mat or whatever it was back then when they sent pictures to us. And I remember looking at these pictures. And I knew I was overweight. I mean, I, I wasn't ignorant to that fact. I look at these pictures and um, I'm like, man, I'm really fat. Like, I'm fat. And I remember I had gone to the doctor for some checkup, and I was uh, at the time I was five foot seven. Um, thankfully, that's changed slightly. Uh, and I was weighed like two hundred thirteen pounds. And I, I didn't. I said I wasn't athletic. So I wasn't like I was buff. And so between that, this, these numbers, which had some meaning to me, and then looking at the, at the actual photographic evidence, I'm like, this can't go on. And I don't know. I don't know what happened. And something just triggered me. Like, I'm just going to, you know, change um, well everything. And um, so, you know, exercise, I took more seriously. I started doing a lot of reading. Uh, I started eating a lot better because, you know, I lived the typical American teenage diet, you know, Dr. Pepper, macaroni and cheese, um, hot dogs, <clears throat> you know, that was what I, what I subsisted on, like many people in our generation and even now. And so this beginning of my senior year of high school, I was 213 and 5'7". And by the end of my senior year of high school, I was 5'8". Yay. And like 165 pounds. But I started weight training in, in there in that time. Right. So, so I, a lot of that was muscle. Yeah. So I actually probably lost somewhere in the neighborhood of 70, 75 pounds over the course of eight, nine months. Um, and so it was it was an interesting thing because I felt I was like, as a different person. Not only did I feel different, light, much lighter and healthier, but obviously the reaction to humans outside my own circle was very different. So it was a, it was an interesting thing. And, and at time frame, I also started martial arts training because I didn't want to do it when I was a fat kid because I felt I was too fat. And this is something I hear a lot, of course, in my business. Right. So I'd lost like, because everybody always told me, you know, if you lost like 25 pounds, you'd look really good. Well, I'd lost 25 pounds. I looked better. I was still pretty fat. So, but at that time, that's when I started doing Taekwondo. This is when, when I actually met Jim because he was at school. And so, between Taekwondo, weight training, and I had a bicycle, I didn't have a car, I rode a bike everywhere. I started eating better. I started really watching and tracking what I was eating, learning knowledge on the way. It wasn't like science. I mean, it wasn't like I knew what macros or anything. I just knew that I was eating way too much stuff. And um, yeah, so that was my that was my first step in this journey uh, between martial arts and fitness. And, and to me, they. So my story not only starts together, but to me that they interlock even to this day. It's so remarkable for me, especially, um, you know, as a young kid to be that, I guess, motivated, um, you know, whatever the motivation was. Like, it, like I, it's hard to change at any point in somebody's life. Um, you know, it, it, wh- how hard or easy was that change for you? That's an interesting question because... There are many times I wish I could tap into that <clears throat> that instant because I don't remember it being like a process. I didn't sit down and think, oh, you know, I really. It's just like it's like I just got to do it, and I was. I, I tend to get really, really committed. I think back ADHD was a is a thing now, yeah. and I think we you know we had it back then. And and the way it manifests is, is you can be all over the place or you can be all in on something. Right, absolutely. And, and so, so that's kind of what happened with with me is like you know I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to you know I'm, I don't want to be a fat kid anymore. <clears throat> so it just. But I remember clearly thinking that this is just this is the way, you know. We're just gonna we're just gonna do this, and nothing got you know. And and I I didn't know how to do it. I mean, I knew the the idea, but so I did a, a, a incredible amount of reading. Every book I could get, every magazine I can get, I would read, and study, and do all kinds do all the goofy crap in there because most of that's goofy crap, yeah. as it was we come to realize later. But that was just I was just extremely motivated and intense and focused. 
you might use the word obsessed. That, you know, that would be. Uh, you know. Well, that's fair. I mean, that, you, you kind of have to be obsessed about something at some point, and that's you know that's that's part of the the challenge. Like like how to get obsessed about that. And, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, I got the point. I mean, later on, I got the point where I was I was so fixated on it that if I had a went out with my friends and we had pizza, I would literally think, man, I I overdid it. I gotta you know. I was there. I was there in my bed, and you know, and you know, so I used. I think like, wow, I should, I should go throw up because, you know, and I hate that, so I would never do that. So believe me, it was never an issue. Right. I really hate that. No. No, no but but you but, but but I see what you're saying. Like you start to think of like extremes. Like you start to think like what um your 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 I don't know relationship to to food or or, or I guess more precisely like. Like it was such an important thing that you're willing to do anything, anything that it took. It sounds like. Well, yes. I mean, my whole childhood, I was overweight, so I was bullied and picked on, and you know, uh, it was. I didn't ever. I never wanted to go back to that because <clears throat> that was very painful, as you can imagine. Yeah. So, um, but I didn't have a coach. I just figured, you know, so it wasn't like I, I had a mentor go, "Hey, let me help you figure this out." Um, I just did it on my own. Um, so this is where, this is where that, that extreme session gets too far because there's no one said, Hey man, you got to dial it back a little bit. Let's chill out. I just like, I'm going all the way and I'm going to make this happen. Um, I just, you know, and, and, and weight loss or fitness coaches back then were not really a thing. Yeah. I mean, they were really few and far between. And then, and, and bodybuilding was, I know, you know, I don't have a friend to be a bodybuilder. So, but yeah, so now it's very, I mean, there's a fitness coach in every corner, right? Right. They're rocking hit three. Yeah, aim correctly, and and, <laughs> and some of them might know what they're doing. We're going out to do that later today. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, finish coaching the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> all of the ones who are like, oh, all of this keto's is uh, it's it's nonsense. What? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, yeah. There's a lot of a well, lot that, of, that's the know. other part of this is the nutrition. Like that is such a well, and 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 we can talk about that, but but not having a coach, like. Was that um, – because I can see that almost being a positive in a way. Like, you know, you you, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, well, because, you know, back then and, – and I, and I got into personal training a few years later as, you know, went through the other certifications. And the science uh, – the – the, the 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 advice has changed since then. It, I mean, it still works, but it's just it's evolving. Oh, science, yeah. science, science is, doesn't evolve, but the the knowledge that you gain from the science evolves, um, as it does as it should. But yeah, it, it was um, yeah. And to go back, I remember when I was in middle school, uh, I had a, a PE coach who was a, who actually tried to do a weight loss um, thing with some of the kids, and I just. I mean, he pulled me aside, go, Hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. I go, it sounds really cool. <clears throat> I remember, <clears throat> excuse me. He was like a wrestler. He was like a, just a giant dude. He was like five foot six, both ways, just, you know, but just a fire plug, you know, and he was very muscular, but you know, and, but he, and I really wish I would have embraced that because he was reaching just like I do now. He was reaching out to these, these kids and, you know, the PE class who struggled yeah. and, he, you know, but, um, he's like, Hey, well, I'm going to have you, it was all about the exercise. I'm going to have you make sure you write down your, how many miles you walk, you know, or whatever it was. And I was totally not interested. Right. Even though I didn't want to be fat, I was more interested in being lazy than being in shape. And so it wasn't until those needs, you know, changed priorities. But, um, yeah, it, 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 so not having a coach, again, it could have been better because there was a lot of weirdness. Yeah. Um, and, 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 like, just like today. But, but there's something about that scientific, almost, that almost scientific, that, that discovery process, yes. I think, that could be useful also. Well, I, I like to read. 
and I like science and I like to use data. That's kind of how I, you know, so for me it was perfect because there was data, but how it was interpreted was <laughs> sometimes uh, very creative. So I just looked at more, the more and more I read, the more and more studies I looked at, the more and more samples I saw of actual results. It's like, it, it's a process of, you know, science. Yeah. Look at data, look at the results, make adjustments, to test something else. Um, but most trainers didn't do that. They would just, they had a manual from whatever, you know, the source they got, and they would just parrot what's in there, which is fine to start, but they really would not usually go past that. <clears throat> they would be like, okay, well, this is what the manual says. This is what we're going to do. And uh, if you question it, you uh, you're, you don't know what you're doing. We're talking to Daryl to uh, Johnson. Uh, before we go on, real quick, what's, if somebody is listening to this and is interested in what you're doing and wants to know more, like how would people reach out or how would people find you? Um, basically, the, the easiest way is through my the brand IYC Coach. So it's on IYC Coach on Facebook, IYC Coach on Instagram, and it'll be IYC Coach on YouTube. Um, that's the easiest way. I mean, I have emails and whatnot, but right. but social media, as, as everybody knows, is is the gateway to everybody now. Yeah. And um, people who don't use social media because they don't understand it are going to be lost in the weeds. Yeah, that's good. You know, so. Dinosaurs, you know. Yes, yeah. you know, and, and it's... Yeah, but yeah, so social media is the easiest way. IYC Coach. IYC Coach. You'll, you'll see the little eagle um, icon. Okay. Talk, talk to me a little bit about the, the integration of martial arts because that seems to be a big part of, of, of your life. I don't know if, if – I don't know your training philosophy specifically, but, but um, how does the martial arts um, connect to the fitness and, and what you're all about? Well, most people obviously make the assumption that obviously if you're in shape, martial arts, you'll be better martial arts practitioner, which that's that's the obvious part. The less obvious part and what's really become big, I would say, in the last uh, 15 years for me is the fact that people see fitness as a component <clears throat> of martial arts, just like they see strength and choreo, you know, memorizing the moves. For me, it's fitness is your self, because I, I focus more on self-defense now. And in the okay. beginning, again, when I started, there wasn't, there was like, it's a, what, what kind of karate do you want to do? Right. It wasn't like Krav Maga and Jiu Jitsu, and, and it was, it, that, that was those weren't options. <clears throat> it was like there's four karate schools in town. Which one are you picking? Right. You know, I think actually it was only two in our town. There's two in our town. Yeah, so, Kenpo and Taekwondo. Yeah. So it was like, you know, which, which flavor of karate do you want? Uh, and then we're going to argue about which one's better. Right. But, <laughs> but, um, so, so, but at, you know, obviously I, I did full contact kickboxing for some time. And so fitness is a huge part. And I, I was a lesson I learned in my first fight, which I think Jim was there watching me. Yeah. <clears throat> running, running, running out of gas, gas and, and bad, bad things, things, things happen, happen to you. <laughs> oh, Even man. if you're, you're a superiorly, the technical, you know, superior athlete. athlete. Right. So that was an educational If you can't breathe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so, so our coach wasn't uh, wasn't nearly as as versed in how to train people as <laughs> as frankly you are. That's a that's a very <laughs> basically a very generous statement, <laughs> right? I mean, basically he learned to, to punch people in the face in Vietnam, and then he's like, just hit harder. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it was it was uh yeah I. Yeah, Jim's 100% right. I mean, we had a lot of grit and heart, um, scientific training methodology, not so much. But yeah, so, but as I got more and more self defense, I started, you know, looking at, and again, and I make a lot of, I wouldn't say enemies, but I heard a lot of feelings because in the martial arts, there's a lot of these guys. I'm a ninth degree black belt, but they're gigantic people. They, you know, they, they might have probably been in shape at some point, right. but they're still promoting, I am this ultimate you know, icon of my style, right. but they, you know, they haven't seen their belt in about nine years. 
um, because it's underneath their belly. Yeah. You know, where they get, the, you know, all they got to do is get a longer one with a lot of stripes on it, and then they can see it. <laughs> you know, so so for me, it became very apparent as, as we do reality based self defense. You know, we do scenario training, we do pressure testing. That your fitness is your self defense. You can be the, the you know, have five def, different deadly ninja te- touch techniques, but if if they don't work in the first seven seconds, you got to fight. Right. And and fighting might just be struggling, it might be running. It might be, you know, maybe I fight one guy, then I got to fight another guy or <clears throat> you know, I, I got to, you know, get through an obstacle, I can, you know, I get whatever. So fitness to me is is I would say more important than their technical knowledge because in self-defense, I have no real control over what happens to me outside what I can what I bring to the table. My skill set and my fitness. It might be I might be in a car. I might be out in the wilderness. I might be at a mall. I might be in my home. Right. Um, I might I might be unarmed. I might. Be, so those are the I, the, the attacker is going to decide when the attack happens, and that's the advantage they have is re, the being proactive. Right. So I don't know if it's one, if it's three, if they're good fighters, the bad fighters, are they in shape? I don't know, but I know what my conditioning level is, <clears throat> and that's the one thing I have absolute control over. Because even if you don't have a, you don't have a dojo, you don't have an academy, um, you can still get in shape, and you can still, like you know, eat in a moderate way, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But you can, can, your conditioning is you. <clears throat> That's the ultimate self defense. I mean, people who survive attacks without any training whatsoever, simply because they are the tougher person. They are in better shape. They're more motivated to stay alive. Right. It happens all the time. That that's really that's really fascinating and, and and it is interesting like like when you talk about the technical aspects of things like those things are are the skills that you bring but at the end of the day you know when you're breathing heavy it's can you run faster or can you punch harder you know yeah exactly and again you know, that's you know no death touch is going to overcome that and that and that's the other thing like like I, I like what you said about you know your physical fitness being your martial art from you know because that could be taken a, a lot of different ways you know obviously your self defense ultimately the, if we really boil this thing down to the reason we get in shape is a self defense mechanism like like i mean we could say okay it's to attract girls or it's it's to you know do this or do that but at the bottom of it is that you don't get killed. Well, that that's why my tagline is, you know, you want to be happier, healthier, and harder to kill. Obviously, we think we think about, oh, I don't want to get stabbed. Well, yeah, but what about diabetes? What about heart disease? What about, yeah. you know, all these lifestyles? What about cancer? These are all going to kill you if you don't address them. So, so it's not about violence, which is a, an element. In America, we're a pretty civil society. People have this, con- obviously, if you look at the media, it's a war zone out there, you know, but the reality is we're pretty civil and violent, which is a challenge as a self-defense instructor because people have a hard time tapping into that, you know, oh, absolutely. That route. Yeah. But, but the reality, reality is you're way, way more, more likely to die from a heart attack or a cancer or a stroke than you are by being stabbed to death in an alley. Yeah. So when I say harder to kill, it's, it's, that's, why, that's my integration. It's not just... I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself with these moves. It's like, you know, don't die young because you chose to. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that's an interesting thing. So, so let's, let's um, turn a little bit and talk a little bit about nutrition. Cause, cause you know, um, I think, I mean, the, I, the number one killer in America is food. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. I would agree. And, and um, what, so I'm going to just let you answer. I have my own ideas, but, but what's your thoughts on um, the relationship between food 
And like if somebody's trying to lose weight, food and exercise, there's, you got you know there's there's like a ratio between yes. both. But uh, from your perspective, what's what's more important? What should people focus on? If like their number one goal is nutrition is by far by an extraordinary margin way more important to manage than your exercise level. It's often said eighty twenty. I would say it's more ninety ten. Um, I mean, exercise is important and you should do it. Uh, and you know, for, but if you cannot manage your intake, like, well, for example, when I was doing kickboxing, we were training hours and hours a week. Um, and I was eating four or 5,000 calories a day. It was like, you know, fruit loops and pop tarts, <laughs> you know, it was terrible quality food, but we were literally, we had, we're young. We hadn't had any kids. So we, we would go to work and we would train the school for two, three hours a night and we'd spar and do bag work. So we actually, it is possible to, to exercise enough right. to not be fat. <clears throat> if you are young and have no responsibilities and families and things like that, yeah. but then what if you get injured? This happens. You see this with professional athletes. You know they they stop doing the the you know the two a day trainings as football players and they gain a hundred pounds in the off season or they you know and then they go back. So nutrition is is ex- so much so much more important. Um, and and you know there's I keep it simple, but yeah, it, it, exercise is great. Makes you feel good. Keeps your body running correctly. Has a lot of great benefits. Um, but if you can't dial in nutrition and you will either fail or you will struggle endlessly. Yeah. So talk, talk a little bit about, and now, um, you mentioned like, you know, eating fruit loops, eating, you know, eating, ter- <laughs> eating terribly and, and, and cause that's another kind of, I don't know if it's a controversy, but it's something that people talk about is the idea of calories in calories out. Like what, what is a calorie, good calories versus bad. Um, like, um, even fasting. I mean, there's a lot of okay. different, I think that's part of the problem for a lot of people is there's so many competing voices. It's hard to like make a decision. Well, this is a great point. And, and you use an interesting term that's, it's hard for people because it's confusing. Yes, but it creates a very convenient reason not to get started. And this is a big thing I said, I say, don't let don't wait for perfection to start making progress. And people do this like, well, I don't, I'm not on which is it keto or paleo or should I do? do you know? It doesn't matter. I almost swore right there. <clears throat> well, uh, your story is a perfect example of that. Like you didn't know anything about nutrition when you started wanting to lose weight. You didn't know anything, you know, like, like you had to go and figure it yeah. out. Yeah. Now, now what you, what you're eating actually matters a significant amount, but it matters it matters less than eating than eating less food if you want to lose weight. Uh, but but the the fixation on um, the information overload, especially with the internet, now that you have access to thousands of minds at any one time, it, it does create a paralysis by analysis kind of a situation. <clears throat> you know, and I can see, and I have I talk to clients all the time, like, well, which one's the best? I go, well, you know, first of all, which one are you going to do? Second, let's start with that. You know, yeah. if you, if you don't like, oh, I I hate protein and eggs and I hate, I, I don't like fatty foods. Well, then don't do keto because that's not going to work at all. You know, or <clears throat> if I, I get the like, well, I can't give up bread. I go, we don't, you don't have to give it up, but we have to talk about how much right. uh, I have opinions on that. You know, so again, I can pr- provide what I think is a very ideal proportion of macronutrients and how much carbohydrates and how much, but if, if, if you're going to fight me and struggle on and you're going to, and you're going to fail out, it's not going to help you. 
So when we do clients, we try to like just start with simple, simple, simple. Then as you for like like school, you start learning how to draw the letters. Then you draw a word, you know. Then you put sentences together. Then you do in paragraphs. It's the same idea. If I if I take somebody and say, all right, we're going to do a you know a 21 page uh, dissertation and it's got to be doubles. Like well, they're like oh that's way too much. and it is. And this is where a lot. Of, I don't know if this is what you want, but a lot of trainers, they get into it because they're like knowledgeable. I want to share this knowledge because you want to help people. It's not like right. a ministry. Right. You know, you want to save everybody because you know you know what can save them. Like, I can I can help you. I can heal you. Right, <laughs> I, right. I, I can't do it with a touch, but let's let's do it with some steak. <laughs> uh, but um, so you get very passionate about it. And martial arts is exactly the same way. You know, I, I, can, I can show you this move that will save your life. And so you want to get into all the minutiae. And this is where many trainers, especially junior trainers, get really, really, um, you know, sideways on this because they take a client who's like, hey, man, I just want to drop I, I just want to lose 30 pounds. My doctor said I'm going to die. Or I, I have a high school reunion coming up this summer. I want to be able to fit into you know, clothes. And they're like, oh, cool. Let's. It's like uh, you watch Beautiful Mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start like, like map it out, out on the board. <laughs> right. It's like we're we'll doing this, and this week we're going to periodize here. We're going to up train here. And then we're going to cycle this, and then we're going to periodize. And like, man. You look at that, like, I, I just, I just want to lose a little weight. I didn't really want to do a science, science class. <laughs> well, and, that, and by the way, I think that does discourage people. Yeah. Like, it, like when you see these very complicated, yes. or, or even for me, I wouldn't even say um, complication as far as even just like massive like goal setting like the, all of a sudden my mind just kind of goes whoa <laughs> you know like like wh- what's my daily what you know what if I miss a day you know all these kind of issues start to pop up yeah well because it's complexity and there's two problems one is it's, it, it is complex and well it's like if you go to a restaurant and um you have a I, I can't think of one but you have like a like a i don't know an applebee's that has like five million things on the menu uh-huh. you know it's like uh it, it take, you go to like uh i don't know if you guys have in and out here yeah. yeah there's like five things on the menu five five things total like well that makes the selection process really easy it's still pretty slow for being a, a restaurant that produces five things. I don't really understand that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. <laughs> you know, but the reality is so, so you have this information overload, and so that's a real thing. But people like don't like to change. It's we're very resistant to change, and it creates a very convenient excuse. Like, you know, I'm just, it's just too much. I can't do it. You know, and that's a trainer's job to go, look, man, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Let's start at step one. Take all this stuff off. I'm making this motion. You probably can't see me. Push everything else off the table. table. Let's start with And this is how we do it now. And again, I was guilty. I was that guy. I was that trainer like, oh, this is great. We're going to do this exercise program. And you're going to use your weights for the first week. We're going to move it up the second week. And then we're going to do And you're going to eat this food. And you're going to table, you know, table this over and put it in chunk. I was that guy. And I, in martial arts, I was always that instructor when we started. And like, I'm going to teach you 15 way, things you need to know about teaching, doing a sidekick. I'm like, well, that's, that's probably too many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there are. If you break it down, there are 15 things you can eventually get to. Um, so the the most basic, simple program that makes sense to the client that they are going to do, they're going to be compliant with, is far superior to a perfect program that takes into account, you know, their circadian rhythm and, like, you know, when you're going to eat and, like, you know, it's like – that's, that's all, all cool, cool stuff. stuff, right? But, but that, that, I, I, I have a pie chart. I'm going to actually put it one of my, one of my next YouTube videos. It's like it's like you know nutrition, exercise, and this tiny little sliver of all this other crap that doesn't matter very much, but it's real. Like oh, you know, if you drink a glass of ice water, your body has to burn calories to bring it up to temperature, and so I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to take some apple cider vinegar, and I'm going to drink that. I'm like, 
I, I mean, you know, know well, there's a, and I learned this from reading some of um, Tim Ferriss's stuff, and um, it was interesting. I, I like the again, it's that Pareto, whatever principle, the eighty twenty rule. But the idea is like you can get it's almost the opposite eighty twenty rule. Like you can get almost eighty percent of your goal. By doing twenty percent of what Absolutely. you think, like 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 it's the 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 concept is like right. It, it's it's getting that next ten percent. Like once you get to a certain level of fitness or get to a certain level of musicianship, like whatever your thing is, like you have to get to that first eighty percent, and that doesn't take ten thousand hours. No, it doesn't. It's very simple. So when I uh, work clients, getting in shape. And by being shape, I don't mean ripped. I mean like you're a healthy weight, you look good, you fit clothes normally. It's really pretty easy once you get going. That's all you gotta do is get going. Now, now that being said, if I take someone who's like I, you know, I'm in pretty good shape. For me to go to that that next level, I find going from in shape to ripped to be way harder oh, yeah. than losing 30 pounds. You know, to take that last eight to ten pounds when you're going from like I'm okay to being like I want to get on stage and do a photo, you know, physique competition, that is way more difficult psychologically and physiologically. You know, psychologically, you know, psychologically, like, well, I look pretty good. So the motivation, uh-huh. you know, in everyday life, most most trainers are in pretty decent shape, so they look fine. And everybody's like, oh, you look great. You don't lose any weight. <laughs> you almost have to start compa- actually comparing yourself to other people to, well, to well, get that so, motivation. So, so then you have to compare yourself to other higher-level trainers. Like, right. oh, compared to that guy, I'm a bad cow. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you know, and and, and people will say, well, that's, that's not healthy, Daryl. Like, bro, it's the truth. You know, people who are motivated – are harder on themselves than anybody else will be if you're self-motivated. Most people are not self-motivated. Most people need to hire a coach, a trainer, and maybe that it'll kick in sometime. And again, from like my journey, I just I saw that picture of myself and I would I went to the doctor and those that data can combine like this is not something I want. This is not the person I want to be. And so that would work work for me. But most people are like, yeah, that kind of sucks. Anyway, anyway, is there any more cheesecake in the fridge? fridge? Oh, yeah. Well, there's a huge, by the way, I think you bring up a great point. And as far as habits, like habits, and and this is like, you know, for me, that's a big deal. Like, like I have a certain schedule. I have like, like my body tells me I need to eat, even if I don't need to, my, um, you know, uh, um, Anytime I exercise, it hurts. Like all these things, like build into. I think maybe for a lot of people, um, a, a, a barriers to entry, if you will. Well, like your, your body is programmed to not make drastic changes. I mean, it, it's it's counterintuitive to a point, and habits are important. This, this, but this is why it's so important to start with a less than perfect program that's going to get you used to being mindful of what you're eating. Moving a little bit more. Again, a perfect program would be like, hey, Mike, guess what? We're going to start kicking your ass today. You're going to be so, you won't be able to dress yourself tomorrow. And, you, right. and, 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 and trainers do this. Like, I'm going to show this guy that I mean business. Trainers do this all the time. All the time. Yeah. You know, so the they, they, they kick the living crap out of their clients. You know, I mean, and then they don't come back. Of course they don't come back. They're miserable. <laughs> yeah. They're miserable. I mean, I might enjoy being like, I'm right now, I've been training all the way. I'm pretty sore. I enjoy that because I equate that with progress, which is huge. But, but most people equate that with suffering because it is. It's pain. It's uncomfortable, you know. So this is why it's so important to boil it down. Like when we do, let me give you an example. When I have a client that's coming, and we're going to do this four week shred uh, starting next week. And most of our clients are not athletes; they're not hardcore. So 
rather than like giving them all these really specific portions and making them weigh stuff, which is a good idea. It's, it's, you know, it's like, look, here's a list of foods I want you to eat. And there's lots of them. Just eat this stuff. Okay. Just, Just stop, stop eating, eating the Cheetos, Cheetos yeah. and the soda for a few weeks. And and trust me, if you eat a typical American diet, if you just eat nutrient-dense foods for two or three weeks, you're going to get radical change. Even if you exercise zero, you will you will have noticeable changes. Talk about that. What does that mean? When you say nutrient-dense foods, what, is, what does that mean? That is like above-ground vegetables, meats. Lean is better, but whatever. You know, um, Things like not like bread and pasta and things that have a lot of calories with very little nutrition in them. You know, our, the thing with grain products, I'm not going to get into the paleo and keto stuff. There's, there's science behind that. Let's, let's take it off the table for now. Is the fact that they store well. You, you can, can have yes. a silo full of wheat and you can leave it there for years. So if you're facing a famine, that's a fantastic story because, you know, wheat is better than starving. Yeah. I think we could all agree on that. <laughs> you know, but... You know, nutrient-dense foods is better than wheat or, you know, barley, whatever. Um, so it's just a, it's, a, it's a hierarchy of, of what's better. So nutrient-dense foods make it a lot easier because they fill you up because they, you're, you're satisfied because you're chewing stuff. You know, if you, have a, if you eat broccoli and green beans, you're, you're going to have to chew it up. Right. If you, all you do is smoothies, the brain doesn't kick it. And again, we're getting, you know, into stuff. But you have, there's a satiated response that comes in with chewing, mm-hmm. which is why if you chew gum, people tend to eat a little less. Like that, that goes into that literally skinny part of like stuff that kind of works but isn't really important. There you go. You know. <laughs> but um, you know, but you know, so I, I, if I had my choice, I would, I would eat a lot of lean meat mostly, and I eat above ground vegetables. I love above ground vegetables like broccoli and asparagus and spinach, and those things are really good to me. Some people don't like that. I get that. I don't eat a lot of fruit, not because it's bad. Although it can be, it's just, I just don't care for it very much. But stay away from the breads, the pastas, and I don't want to use the word process because if you pull your carrots out of the dirt, take them to your sink and wash them, you have now started the processing. So processing is a very ambiguous term. You know, people understand it's like, well, it's, it's smashing chemicals, chemicals, you know, chemicals. Well, I mean, we're all chemicals. I mean, we're carbon-based organisms, and yeah. you know, but whatever. So. Um, but those, those that I did, you know, above ground, the thing with below ground, the tubers, carrots is they tend to be more sugary, Okay. you know, potatoes. I mean, anything in below ground, it's not that it's bad for you. Just be aware that the caloric impact is going to be higher because it's generally higher in, in, uh, right, their purpose as, yeah, a, as store, a vegetables to store starch exactly, store energy. for the plant, Yeah. you know, so they're, they're not a bad food source, but if you stick with above ground vegetables and meat, you know, with a complete amino acid profile that matches ours or very close, that is the best way to, to do it. You know, but I know, oh, I don't like to eat meat. I'm like, well, you can do it. It's just a lot harder. Right. So, get, you know, I have some of my friends that are vegan, and a lot of them are not all that great in shape. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's easy to be skinny fat as a vegan. Yeah, skinny, skinny fat. That, by the way, that is that's an interesting concept. You see a lot of people that are skinny fat. Before there, before vegan was a word, as you may recall, Daryl, my wife and I were vegans for three or four years at least, um, maybe more. Uh, and certainly, I weighed less than at other times in my life, but I was not. I was basically skinny fat although i don't think i ever reached the skinny part entirely <laughs> your 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 yeah your body composition wasn't favorable i was just less fat well yeah. and and i think 
again, it, go, it comes back to almost a, um, like being able to use your body. Like how well can you use your body if you're, if, if you don't have the energy, if you don't have, which, which, you know, I, I from some of the people that I know, everybody, obviously every, you know, everybody's got a different body composition, but, but a lot of people who, who do live that kind of lifestyle, the, their energy seems to be a little bit yeah. lower. Um, in my experience, people who are, are really strict vegans, most of them are not all that healthy. I have some friends that that do it right, and they match the amino acids correctly, and they're very fit and very healthy. It, it, it can be done. It just See, adds just layers, layers, of layers of complexity. So, for example, like I talked about before, if I want someone to be have the best results and get excited and have, then I want to limit the complexity as much as possible because every time you add a layer of complexity, you create a, a barrier. That, that gives them a re and out like, okay, well I was going to do it, but you know, that's just one step too many, you know, and I get that's human nature, yeah. you know, it's, whether it's, whether it's, you know, uh, I want to get my degree. Uh, I got to do another course. Yeah. Forget it. I'll, you know, whatever the course is, it's just the way we're wired. Um, so for me, the most successful program is the, is the simplest one that's going to actually yield results that are positive. And, and like, and, and, and this is kind of a new philosophy and maybe it's stinking thinking. I don't know, but this is a kind of a new philosophy for me is, is I try to, I, I, in my life, I'm trying to stay away from large, like five-year goals, you know, three-year goals. Cause I know they're not going to happen. Like those aren't, those, they have, those kind of goals have to be flexible enough in order to adapt with change. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of times we say, okay, I want to be at this position at this time. When, when really, it, 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 for me, the, my best success in anything happens when I just come up with a daily habit mm-hmm. and let, let the goals kind of happen themselves. Well, there's a, it's a value to long-term goals, but it's the whole, like, you know, how do you eat an elephant with so one bite at a time? Um, and uh, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Jordan Peterson said, like, people vastly, Overestimate what they can do in a year and oh, yeah. what they can do in 10 years. So, so they like, they get a lofty, over enthusiastic goal is going to likely have a problem, especially for the short term. Like, oh, there's, there's no way I can do it. Again, it creates, it creates built in excuses and reasons not to. So, small goal, daily goals are great. Today, I'm going to get up, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to walk whatever many steps or whatever your goals are. Um, so, there's a value to a long term goal. Like, like, for me, I have a client who, let's say they were in great shape when they're in college. I go, well, on your lock screen on your phone, again, I'm making this motion. I said, people can see me. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretending to swipe a phone. Um, is, you know, on the your, finger yeah, goes down. <laughs> on your lock screen, you put a picture of you when you were in really good shape. So, every time you look at your phone, which is about 5 million times a day, that's your reminder. That's your long-term goal. And so, every time you're getting ready to eat, you know, we're going to hit the drive through at, you know, Wendy's and like, maybe I'll just you know, go do something else. So, but yeah, daily habits create long-term results. Um, and, and you don't want to bite off these giant chunks. And I love what you said about, because I think I do that with my, my, um, with my music students. It's so true. It's shocking how little you can do in a day, but how much you can do in a month. Mm-hmm. You know, it is absolutely shocking. Um, it, it, it's, it's that compounding effect yeah. that can, that can happen. And, and I think that's, that's for, um, for many people, I'll speak for myself. Like that's, that's the biggest thing is, is how do you start that compounding effect earlier and quicker as opposed to like uh, getting discouraged? Well, this, this is the why, why our program works. And, and so if I, I can write out right now, 
what you should do for the next 30 days right. to get whatever it is. But if there's no accountability, if it's, if, and this is where, this is where a lot of people come and talk, oh, I want to do this pro, I want to lose weight and go, oh, but I don't really want to like pay for a trainer or a coach. Right. Okay. You don't have to, but you won't succeed. I mean, I mean, I, some will one in a hundred, one in 20, I go, but that is there. So when you, when you make an investment and like, oh, I'm going to pay a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever it is, if it's as long as it's a significant amount that you would take seriously and you know, all right, I got to, you know, so every day I'm going to, you know, here's what I ate. You can take a picture of it. You can write it down. I really don't care that much in the beginning. Cause as long as you're accountable for it and you know, you're going to show it to me and we're going to talk about it. you like, so when your behavior is monitored, your behavior changes. But when you do it, when you're self you know, self-accountable, if you don't have a history of doing that, which most people don't, right. then you're probably not going to be very successful. So, so you invest in yourself, whether it's like a music instructor, like, oh, I'm going to work. I have a keyboard right here. I'm going to work piano. I'm going to do these these scales and drills and and go, you know, if you're highly motivated and you have a really powerful, you know, desire, you will. But yeah, probably not. Probably won't. Probably, probably won't. You know, but if you, but if I pay you, you know, Mike, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you 500 bucks, and I want to learn these three songs in, in the next 45 days. I paid 500 bucks. We have a goal. I got to learn these three songs in 45 days. And if I don't, there's no refunds. Like, well, you didn't make it, so you get 200 bucks back. No, no, man. This, so you, I invest. I'm gonna do the scales. I'm gonna read, read the music. I'm gonna do the fingering. Right. Suddenly they start practicing. Yes, they start practicing because they've invested. <laughs> Which, by the way, is why so many kids don't practice. It's because it's their parents paying for it. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, well, you're right. You know, there's no they, there's no skin in their game. I mean, they yeah. they just show up and be forced to and. You know, uh, and, and there's a value to instilling that, you know, hey, we we we, we invested as a family. Right. So you your obligation is to fill this this term, you know, so you have to instill that. I mean, you know, because it's not inherent in humans to be accountable. Absolutely. Talk to me for a second. So you have a, you have a, a boot camp coming up. Talk about that a little bit. Well, we do, it's a four weeks. We when we do our transformation courses, you know, and, and we they're usually between three and six weeks long. I find anything longer than six weeks, people really shy away from because it. Like, oh, I got my brother's wedding in August and I'm going to eat cake. And, but so we're doing a four week one. And it's really, it's for me because I've, I've, you know, Father's Day is coming up and I, I'm a big fan of like target dates. Well, well I'll go without a date's a wish. It's never going to happen. Yeah. So, I, you know, oftentimes we'll all, I got, we're going to do this four week program. I'm going to do it. Or one of my other coaches gets motivated. Um, so, it's four weeks. It's basic accountability. Basic. It's, the truth is, is, is as basic as it needs to be. If you're just starting off from zero, we have a plan for that. If you're like, oh, I, I kind of got a handle on this, we have a different, more advanced plan. So, you know, it's that whole letters, words, paragraphs. And you're accountable to myself and the coaches team. So every day you're going to tell me what your weight was or what your measurement was. You know, whatever is more important, what measurement is better, but weight's easier. And it, it, it's a long-term metric that matters. Short-term, it can fluctuate, of course. You know, and every day you report in. Boom, boom, boom! For four weeks, for twenty-eight days, most of the clients that we work with, um, most females in, in twenty-eight days are going to lose between seven and seven and ten pounds. Some more, some a little bit less. Most males, guys, of course, you know, uh, will lose between eight and fifteen. That's conservative. We have people that do more than that. Now, some of it's you know glycogen and water, you know, manipulation. But there's legit weight loss. But the thing is, at the end of 28 days, you're like, man, I'm I'm down two pants. Well, that, see, that's that's the point. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, I hate to say it. Long term, it matters. But in the short term, it doesn't matter. What matters is that my my pants fit a little bit right. better, and I'm more motivated to keep. Absolutely. Yeah, but I don't want I don't want a picture of you putting your pants on every day. Right. <laughs> There's an extra charge for that. <laughs> no. 
but but we pick, we, so we pick we pick a measure. The weight the weight is just the easiest way to measure. You get up, step on the on the scale. There's a number pops up. Yeah. Again, as a trainer, I interpret the number to mean something else. Again, but long term. But if you want to say, I think my opinion, the single best measurement of success is you know a tape around the waist. Yeah. Because no matter whether you're male or female, everybody wants a smaller waist. Unless you're pregnant, then then it's the different, right? You know? So, you know, but but that is a you know it's slightly more complicated because it has to be accurate and it has to have a tape measure. But whatever it is, whatever your measurement is, um, every day. But it's got to be daily because otherwise, what happens? Let's say let's say we're using the weight. Well, weight fluctuates. Let's say one day you weigh in at your your two eleven, and then you know, but you you come in a week later, and that's a day where maybe for a female, maybe you know you're in your cycle, you're retaining water, you know you haven't gone to the bathroom for a day or two, and now you're two thirteen, you freak out because oh my god, I'm doing this for a week, it's not working, I'm up two pounds. It has to be daily. So when I, I look at, I'm a real visual. I like data. You know, I look at graphs and charts because long term. But waist measurement's great. You know, clothing size is great. So I say, all right, Mike. Every every Thursday, I want you to try those pants on, and, and you're going to say, hey, today I, the the button touched. Hey, the next week, hey, I was able to get them on, kind of uncomfortable. Hey, the next week, all right, I got them on, and not that not too. This is the measurements you need, yeah. but it has to be consistent. You know, I have one of the common complaints I get is like, I don't like to have a scale in my house because it gives me anxiety. And this basically, they don't want to be accountable. They don't want to know. Right. They don't want to know because. <laughs> Stick the head in the sand. Exactly. Because it's uncomfortable. Right. And we, we shy away from pain. That's, again, a human, human nature. Um, but so this is why you hire somebody say, no, you're going to get a scale or a tape measure or whatever. And you're going to send me the measurement every single day. And I, I go, and I understand it may fluctuate and that's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to calm you down. I'm going to hold your hand and give you the paper bag to breathe into or whatever you got to do. Right. You know, so this is why you hire somebody. And, um, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's magic, but it, you know, we've done courses where like, Oh, we're We'll do this thing for free. We'll do this. You know, I've tried this. And you know, if there's no skin in the game, like, Oh, it's cool. Well, you know, I get 10% of people like, this is cool. I'll do it. And they'll get, they'll get some results, but nothing gets better results than when you actually invest something. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not necessarily about the money. Obviously, he's a professional with get paid, but it's about that, you know, like Jimmy's, he's put enough money in. Jimmy's here in the studio, by the yes. way. <laughs> uh, you know, he's put in enough money where, you know, he's a young guy. So if he pays 300 bucks, that's that's, good that's money. a lot. Yeah. You know, now if you're making 200,000 a year, 300 bucks is, you know, whatever. Right. Those people need to pay more. Yeah. Well, they should, you know, because <laughs> I've had clients come in and they'll spend, you know, the four or 500 bucks or whatever the course is. And they'll, they'll kind of half ass it for a week or two. And then just, they, they just ghost me. Yeah. I cry myself to sleep. No, not at all. <laughs> you know, but, but for, to them, cause it, cause it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a big deal. Right. 300 bucks to someone who's making six, seven figures a year. That does that's nothing. But six, 300 bucks to someone who's making, you know, 13 bucks an hour at Jack the Box. Well, it's about, it's about trying to find that, that, I mean, that pain point, like, like there, because the, that, that pain point could be money. It could be a monetary thing. It could be um, a picture. It could be the doctor saying, Hey, you've got an issue. Like everybody's a little bit different, but at some point, you know, it's, it's what, you know, maybe it's, it's, it could be, you know, getting up every morning sore and tired because you didn't sleep. Like at some point, you know, um, that pain has got to be like, okay, I got to change. Well, the pain is what p- makes people contact us. Like, hey, I got this problem. Like, I, I break my joints, ache every day. Or my, and so that's step one is like, you know, they, they have to be uncomfortable enough where they actually want something to change. Right. And most Americans uh, want to change. Is it 
painful enough. He's like, you know, I'm okay. And then the challenge is if, if you have a female, for example, and she's overweight and she wants to change, but all of her friends are also overweight. So like, eh, well, by comparison, it's not too bad. And this is oftentimes another challenge, social challenge is like, if somebody wants to like, they're like motivated. I signed up for this course. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lose 25 pounds. All of a sudden her friends could be guys too, you know, all, and all of a sudden they're like, they're like, you know, you get the whole, you've heard the crabs in the bucket, you know, uh, right. analogy. It's like, Oh, Oh, you know what? You, you're, you're beautiful. Just the way you are. You don't need to change for nobody. You know, you're, you're fine. And you know, you don't want to be, I love this. You don't want to be too skinny. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, she's, you know, hundred pounds overweight. So we're, we're a long ways from that. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. When we yeah. Get there. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a challenge I'm ready to address when, when the need arises, you know, but, but all of a sudden her circle, you know, or maybe it's her family, maybe yeah. her husband's like, because the, one of the biggest challenges I get from, from women is they want to be in better shape because for lots of reasons, they want, they want to feel more comfortable, attractive, whatever. And their, their family's like, oh, I don't want to eat that shit. I don't want, I don't want to eat that crappy yeah. food. And I don't want to do that. And I don't, I don't feel uncomfortable. I'm fine with being overweight. And the, you know, the kids are overweight and no one cares about that. And it's like, well, so now it's just a big challenge. So she has, she almost has to like prepare two meals if she's the one that's making the meals, which, right. you know, and, and it's like, it's a lot of work. This is why my job is to, you know, we have a conference. Yeah, my husband's not on board. Well, let's find some solutions as opposed to like, oh, I tried this crazy diet, you know, and this happens a lot, you know, and I use women. We have more women clients than men, but like, oh, you're going to do another one of these diet things, huh? Or are you going to try it again? She got some magazine or some article on. You know, as if that's a bad thing, by the way. That, that just that. that well, that, it, it, it's you know. In other words, she's obviously or he. They're trying. They're trying something. Well, the challenge is is when they try it. So if I'm a you know, imagine your husband, and your wife's all fired up about this. Like, oh, here we go again. Another four weeks of eating goofy food. Right. You know. So they. So he's like, I got to pay a price for this, and he hasn't seen his wife succeed. You know, I'm assuming there's a healthy relationship that he actually wants her to succeed. That's a different right. story. So he's like, oh, I, I got to suffer because you're going to try this thing out. And, and if it's some internet thing, it's free, it's probably going to fail. And, you know, whether, again, the reality is there's a lot of goofy diets out there. Yeah. And if you're eating the typical American diet and you do anything that's better than that, you're going to get better results. It may not be perfect. It's not perfect. Yeah. You know, but if you get results, like, whoa, I'm seeing some progress. I'm now encouraged because now you have a reward, you know, and now maybe you did some goofy cabbage soup thing. And, and it's like, you know, so you talk to me, I'm like, okay, let's, let's reel you in a little bit. Yeah. You're on the right path. You're thinking the right way, but let's get you on something that's healthier for you. But the support system is really, really, really important. Um, because the family, they see the family goes, oh, we're going to suffer because you want to do this thing. And that, that is a really incredibly selfish point of view, but it's very, very common. Yeah. You know, I mean, if my spouse or if my kids like said, "Hey, Dad, I, I you know, I want to try out for this this sport. I want to be in the best shape possible." I'd be like, well, I ain't none of that rabbit food. You know, you can do all by yourself. And, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, obviously, my kids different because you know, I'm I'm into the set. But you know, I, that's but that support your you know, your family. So, so we spend about eighty percent of our time, which is probably about right, <laughs> on on food, which I think is great. But I want to talk a little bit about exercise and 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 this start kind of big picture because there's there's um. You know, I know growing up in my health class, we talked a lot about aerobic versus anaerobic exercise. We talked about weightlifting. We talked about, you know, and at the, at that time, I'm an old man. So at that time, it was like, you know, that that weightlifting stuff, like, don't worry. What you need to do is go and run four, four miles a day. Like, like everything was about the aerobic exercise, getting, you know, and I think um, a lot of training has changed yes. since then. So, so talk to me about, like... Um, Obviously, some is better than none, mm -hmm. 
but uh, talk about maybe the the um, weight training versus running versus like what what do you recommend? Um, what's your philosophy on that? Okay, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so when it comes to exercise, <clears throat> they're both important. Basically, I, we we use the word cardio, and generally when people use the word cardio, that means mostly aerobic exercise where, you know, the majority of your energy is coming from the mitochondria and conversing, you know, converting uh, fat cells into energy. But let's just use cardio versus resistance training to make it simpler because uh, cardio could be higher intensity too. Right. Um, the challenge with cardio is it does burn calories and um, at a low level, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really do, it doesn't provide any stress on the muscles other than minimal. So you don't, doesn't trigger hypertrophy, which is growth of muscles. And the thing with growth of muscles is not, is there's two things that are really, really amazing. One is when you develop lean tissue, which is metabolically active, it requires more calories per day to maintain that. So now your level of basic caloric needs to survive goes up, making it easier to maintain your weight. That's step one. Step two, and probably the more important, is Muscle tends to grow where it's aesthetically pleasing. So if you build your shoulders and arms up, it makes your waist look smaller. And whether you're a male or female, that's a look most people want. You know, if your legs are more shapely, that's that's an aesthetically pleasing thing. Male or female, doesn't really matter. And you should work legs, guys. Just put them out there. You know, just work your legs. You know, um, so weight training or resistance training, because you could do body weight, and it's pretty effective for, for... Okay, let me, let me put this out there. So weight training with barbells, kettlebells, whatever, is the, the fastest way to achieve this result. However, for the average person, body weight training is just fine because most people are so out of shape that that provides plenty of resistance. I have many, many guys come to me that are not in shape like – well, I'm just concerned that I'm not going to get bulky. I'm not, I'm not going to get buff enough on I'll go, body weight. I go, well, how many pushups can you do? Dude, you can do two. We're a long way from you you know, not realizing gains from doing push-ups and pull-ups and stuff. So right. let's, again, let's cross that bridge when it comes relevant. So body weight resistance is fine. Again, if you do most uh, exercise classes, that's what you're doing. You're doing calisthenics, which are fine uh, for the most part, as long as your joints are healthy. Um, but it's by far, if I had to, if you could only do one, you should do resistance training for the reason that I already outlined. So if I burn 100 calories in a, in a resistance training workout, weight training or body weight, whatever, and 100 calories with running, um, the running not only will not build much muscle, it's significant, but there's also a, a really unique mechanism that your body will require more oxygen to recover from a high intensity workout. So you'll get a, a not a huge, but a slight metabolic boost. So for 20, 24 to 36 hours after a very intense exercise routine, which weight training should be, if you're hitting failure in less than like 15 reps, you're, you're in that anaerobic zone where you're triggering, you know, hypertrophy to a certain extent. There's a whole science on that. So, so real quick, because I want to keep, keep going with that, but but when you talk about failure, you're talking about muscle failure, like un- unable to you're do unable the to do rep, yeah, yeah. Or, or very close. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're working really hard. Basically, you know, if I can do something for more than a minute or two, it's, it's probably not hard enough to be, res- to be considered resistance training. Right. You know, and if you can't run for a minute, well, then that would if be resistance If training. I can do a wall sit and I'm done after 30 seconds, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, but, but the, the benefits of resistance training is you build muscle, um, you know, you aesthetically are more pleasing and you have a, it's called exercise-induced post-oxygen consumption. Epoch. It's awesome. It's epic. 
It's it's the epoch is epic, um, but that's a that's again it's not it's not like you're going to burn 500 calories more a day, but it's a slight boost. So the benefits of resistance training, again, if you had to choose only one, you know, well, let me give you this analogy. So look at the, at your Olympic athletes. You have your sprinters, have your marathon runners, both very healthy people. Mm-hmm. Which physique <laughs> do you think is a little more appealing? That's, you know, I mean, so sprinting for 11 seconds, that, that's pretty resistance. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do that for, for a minute at that rate. Running 26 miles is a very Im- massively impressive feat. I don't want to do it, but, you know, that's cool if you do. You know, I, th- I think if, if I can't achieve my objective at three miles or less, either I'm going to let the guy go <laughs> or he's going to catch me. So, you know. <clears throat> There's another animal closer. Yeah. So <laughs> three, 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 three miles is basically where <laughs> as far as I want to run, you know, plus I have some hip issues. But, you know, but I know people who love running. Right. That's bizarre, but that's cool if you do if you like running. You know, I like punching things. That Some people think that's weird, too. <laughs> Right on, right on. Well, um, I guess, uh, by the way, I I really appreciate you coming in and doing this. This has been a lot of fun and and interesting for me. Um, As we finish up, what um, maybe what we've talked about, like, it seems pretty simple, but maybe one or two things that somebody can take away with and say, okay, I can do this today. Um, And then again, give us your your information to... um, Sure. And if, before you answer that, um, everybody in this room knows what IYC is, but I'm not sure everybody listening to, uh, thank to you. this yeah. would yeah. know what it is. So IYC Coaching is, is, is a company. It's, it's for In Your Corner. Okay. And uh, In Your Corner is a lot of syllables, and I stutter, so I like to shorten things. <laughs> uh, so IYC is, is the company name, IYC Coaching, but IYC Coach is the is a tagline we have on our, our social media because basically our goal is to provide you, you know, I can't do the work for you, right. <clears throat> but as a corner man, you know, that, and I have been a corner man for you know, fighters and whatnot, and I've had corner men, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that is super important because, again, some people will do it on their own. Very few. Yeah. Very few. Most people need, they need a coach. I mean, we all need a coach for something. I have, I'm spending four day, five days with uh, my tribe of God coach and, you know, to advance my level and I could train on my own, but I need more. <clears throat> so with fitness, I, I, I now have it down pretty well, so, but even once in a while, I still talk to other, my peers and we'll have round tables and like, Oh, that's really interesting. Let's, let's, you know, try that. So IYC stands for in your corner. I'm sorry. What was your question? Uh, maybe one or two things. Oh yes. That- okay. So so here's the 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 first thing that helped me tremendously is I stopped drinking soda. Mm. Now I was a teenager. <clears throat> excuse me. And I would do this thing where I'd go to Seven Eleven or Circle K, whatever this was, and I would I would get the big gulp or the super big gulp or the ultra mega tongue, whatever the hell it was, <clears throat> and I would put a little bit of ice. I would fill it full of Dr Pepper. I would pull it away from the fountain drink. I would drink half of it right then and there because, you know, I was a broke teenager. Yeah. And I would then refill it <laughs> so that I got my money's worth. I got my whatever it was, 89 cents back then. It's like so I, I would literally put away like 900 calories of pure sugar. And I would probably do that at least once a day, sometimes twice. Yeah. You know, because I was active. You know, we I had a bicycle. We, we You know, I was out. Out. Side people, kids did that back then. They went outside and <laughs> did things. Yeah. yeah. So, something. yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't. Well, I mean, I was. I wasn't the most. But I wasn't a lazy kid. I wasn't like never out. <clears throat> but man, 
I stopped drinking the soda, and that was the single biggest thing. I switched to diet soda, which is okay. Look at this. I, I love it when 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 massively obese people tell me how unhealthy, you know, diet foods are. I'm like, well, it's not good for you. It's not I'm like you're probably right. But <laughs> you know, I don't drink much diet soda now. I like iced tea. But you know, again, it's right. progress over perfection. You know, uh, is it great to drink uh, artificial sweetener? No. Is it better than diabetes? I I would say so. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, is it better than having knees that hurt so bad you can't walk? Yeah. So the first thing I say is, if you're drinking soda, stop doing that, or massively cut it down. And I would say, minimize or eliminate your grain products as much as possible. Again, there's I'm not going to get into the whole paleo keto thing, but they're not nutrient dense. So that's cereals, pastas, breads. You know. Um, yeah, you know, all that stuff, which which is typical for American diets or Western diets, I should say. Not really all diets, because even Asian diets start high. Rice is better. It's not as inflammatory. Okay. But that's good to know. <laughs> right on. So the, that's that's great. And then as far as movement, like what's maybe like if somebody is massively overweight, they want to do but is it just hey, go out for a walk? Yes. Just Yes. Yeah. yeah do if, something. If you have done any activity, <clears throat> one of the worst things that we talked about in the beginning, and what worst thing you can do is go out there and go all gung ho. And then be so ridiculously sore or injure yourself, yeah. you know, or get hurt. So you, you now you can't exercise. So if you've not been active, just go out for a walk, you know, maybe around the block, you know, it could be half a mile, which, you know, isn't very far. But that's get. So as you get moving, you'll get endorphins, you'll get motivated to move farther. Then, you know, then maybe you add some, some pushups on your knees or you add some squats or, you know, obviously if you want to really get, you go to someone and get, program and but i don't recommend getting all excited <clears throat> going into your local fitness center and doing every machine that you see <clears throat> and um doing the circuit around <laughs> yeah i mean in the beginning it's, those are yeah. great those are great things down the road but if you're just starting off just go walk a little bit not only will it give you exercise it keeps you away from the table that much longer <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I, I get. I gotta remember that one. That's good. Um, one last thing, because it, it just it triggered a thought. What? Um, I'm sorry, I triggered you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens easily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one of those. Okay. <laughs> right. You thought you got away from that in California. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's from California. That might be. The it might be it. That might be it. That's right. But. Um, See, now my trigger has gone away. I forgot what my thought was. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Daryl, thanks for being on the show. Oh, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. I, I really appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. Check him out. Find him on uh, In Your Corner, IYC on Facebook. Yeah, IYC Coach. I, IYC Coach, Facebook, YouTube. Instagram. Instagram. Check out Daryl Johnson. He's got great stuff. Very motivating. I uh, can't recommend him enough. So thanks again, man. My pleasure. Thank you. This is Mike. Levin, you've been listening to And If Love Remains.